Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. So in today's discussion, we're going to talk about the question of, are you ready for retirement or not? What are the factors that you need to consider when you are determining if you're ready for retirement? Now, if you're going to run out around your retirement, no worries. We're going to talk about some potential solutions for you. And if you're the fortunate enough to have enough money to last through retirement, we'll also touch on some concerns that you're going to have and some potential solutions for you as well. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont, and I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for over 10 years, working here with Dumont Wealth and joined by Brian. Hi there, Kevin. Brian Dumont here, founder of Dumont Wealth. Happy to be here. Well, Brian, we're looking for another fantastic discussion today. So tell us a little bit about what uh, you know our listeners can look for in trying to figure out if they're going to be ready to retire. Well, other than psychological, which I don't cover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Retirement, of course, in our world really means financially independent. Meaning, right, that you don't have to work if you don't want to, and you have accumulated enough assets, enough income sources to get you through to maintain your lifestyle during your, what we call typically retirement years. Sure. Some people don't like the term retirement, right? They don't want to think of uh, themselves sitting on a porch in a rocking chair. Yeah, I know. Most retirees, in quotes, that I know these days are very active, but they do need money to be active. Yeah, I would think so. And that's <laughs> so that's what we're talking about here. When you are at the point of becoming financially independent, you are ready to retire. Okay. Okay. So right. I like to start the discussion this way, and that is, I always ask people right off the bat, what do they think they are in terms of How close are they to retirement? Not in years, but how prepared? So on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you feel you are? Right? Right. Where do you feel you are? Are you a 4? Are you a 2? Are you a 9? If you're a 9, you're ready to retire almost tomorrow. Right. Right? If you're a 5 or a 6, you probably got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah? Makes sense. Okay. Now, for many of our listeners, you know, if I'm going to ask you this question... On a scale of 1 to 10, how prepared are you for retirement? Now, you come up with the number, okay, in your mind, and I'm going to talk you through a way to figure out some of this, okay? Okay. So let's suppose you feel you're a 5, kind of right in the middle. All right. Okay? Now, here are some of the factors that you're going to need to understand or decide on to come up with the real as I like to call it, the kind of down and dirty initial calculation, right? Okay. There's a lot of factors that could affect this, but let's make some assumptions here, okay? First of all, you do know how old you are. If you don't, well, I can't help you with that, (laughs) all right? But uh, as long as you know how old you are, let's assume you and your spouse, if you have a spouse, you should know how old you are, because that's going to help us figure out how long you have until retirement or how long until you reach financial independence. And then we have to figure out how long you plan to live. (laughs) Well, 
I don't know about you, but I plan on living a really long time. Well, all right. As <laughs> long as you can, maybe. Sure. Uh, look, life expectancy is the next issue, right? Because if you just say, well, the average American lives to 86, I'll plan to 86 so that on my 86th birthday, I spend my last dollar <laughs> and I'm done. Right? Sure. Why not? What if you live to 90? <laughs> okay, so... We're missing four years. That could be a problem. Uh, would you like your last four years to be living on the state? <laughs> Preferably not. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't live on them then. I don't want them to. I don't want to live on when I'm that old either. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know what the state's going to be then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know, we can just take statistics and we can look at this. So, for instance, let's say you're 45 years old, you're married, and your spouse is 40. What's the chances that you're going to live, or or how long do you think you're going to live joint age? Joint age? Yeah. I don't know. 88? Even more than that. 93, believe it or not. Okay. That's higher than you would think. So that's your age. And then, of course, if your spouse is younger, they might even live a little older than that. Right, right. So I always like to say, look, unless you can give me a very good reason that you're going to expect to die earlier... Let's use 95 or 100, right? Yeah. That way we, we're not going to run out of money. Now, that said, I've got an aunt who right now is 104 years old, okay? She still teaches piano every every day. So, yeah, that's a hard one to plan for, right? So I would have missed the mark if I said 95 with her. <laughs> but then again, she's still working. <laughs> a little bit. There you go. A little bit. Anyway, look, um, you got to pick a number there that's... Uh, reasonable. So if you're 45, your spouse is 40, you're going to work to 65, you want to be financially independent by 65, that means you've got to be in retirement for 30 years. Right. Right? And if you're 45 and you're retiring at 65, you only got another 20 years to prepare for that. Uh, yeah. Think of it that way. All right? Now, the next thing you've got to know, of course, is your combined income, meaning your income and your spouse's. Right. Let's suppose that your income is $200,000 combined, right? Right. Okay. Then you've got to know how much you have saved already, excluding the value of your house, unless you spend, you know, expect to live in a shoebox. Probably not a good idea to, you know, account for your house in what you have accumulated. Right, right. Makes sense? Makes sense. You've got to live somewhere. Right. Now... I know that some people say, yeah, but what about a reverse mortgage? If I got my house paid for, I could always do a reverse mortgage. Are they going to give you a good rate on that? Yeah. Maybe not. That's a whole other discussion. We have several discussions around mortgages and financing. Right. But, but, but again, just in terms of our retirement calculation. But we're not looking that, that detailed right now, correct? All we're saying is, look, we don't want to include the house in your spendable assets. Yeah. If we had to... We would, but let's not go down that route yet. Right. Okay? Because, <laughs> again, that's about lifestyle. And do you really want to live in a smaller house? Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, again, people don't come to me saying, Brian, can you show me how to live less? They show. They really? Say, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> they come to me and they say, Brian, can you show me how to live better? <laughs> that's my job. That okay? makes sense. So, all right, so you know your income, combined income, you know how much you have saved minus any house, and how much you are saving, 
okay? So let's suppose again your income is 200, you have saved 300,000, and you are saving $20,000 a year or 10%. Now, that's a pretty good number. A lot yeah. of Americans, the average American is saving, do you know how much, Kev? Was that uh, 2%? Something like that, right? It's definitely less than five. So if I'm giving you 10% savings rate here, that's that's pretty good, okay, right, for right. most people. Now, we've got to also assume a rate of return during our working years and then a different rate of return during our retirement years. Why? Well, because in retirement, um, we have to be, we have to be you know, more careful with the money. We have to play it a little bit more safe. Yeah, exactly. Once you have the nest egg, right, you definitely want, do you want more risk or less risk? Right. You want less risk. Less. So it's going to also bring your rate of return down a little. So let's hope that you can get 6% during your working years while you're accumulating. Right. And then, you know, in retirement, you can get, let's say, 4% as a relatively safe number. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. We're not talking about taxes. Again, this is quick and dirty here. All right, we can have arguments all day. Well, is that 6% taxable or is that 6% tax-free? It makes a difference. But as far as we're concerned, let's just call it a straight 6 or a straight 4. It's just to get a rough direction. A, a rough number, right? Yeah. You can almost do this in your head. Well, I wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you can follow the conversation anyhow. Yeah. But all of that said, in terms of our rate of return, what we still have to consider is that ugly little thing that we don't want to consider, the elephant in the room called... Inflation. <laughs> you said it, I didn't. That's exactly right. Because what erodes that purchasing power or that rate of return is really the inflation rate. Because remember, if we're earning six, but inflation is at three, what did we really earn? Three. Three. And, and that's not even saying, what, what about taxes, right? So... A lot of people just say, well, I'll use 3% as a rate of return. Well, let's think twice about that, okay? Yeah, sure. Because if you're 45 years old today and we look at the history of inflation in our country as the government reports it, minus, you know, mind you, the government doesn't include things like food and fuel in there, which I don't know how you can live, not live with either one of those. Yeah, exactly. All right? <laughs> little... I, I don't know how they calculate this thing. But look, hey, that's not my job, okay? I'm not a statistician, but let's suppose that we take the numbers the government gives us, and you were born in roughly 1973, right? through to today, and we take the average of all those years of inflation, you might be shocked to find out that it's not 3%. It's actually just over 4%. Ooh, ouch. Okay, so you're saying that... If we continue to get roughly the same average on inflation, and we're only getting 4% in distribution, we're breaking even. You're breaking even. Precisely. Not, yeah, our money is just staying at the same value. Exactly. And, you know, that's that's an important distinction because, remember, we haven't even talked about the effect of taxes on that. Right. Yeah? Because if you got 4 and you were in the 25% tax bracket, that meant you got 3. If inflation was 4... You're behind the eight ball. Yeah, you're losing a percent a year. <laughs> <laughs> Not pretty, right? No. <laughs> but all that said, remember, we're just trying to talk about the factors involved here. I don't want to argue all day about how to 
fix that, but we will get to some solutions in a few minutes, okay? Okay. But you can see right off the bat why it ain't easy to make have enough money to be financially independent when you've got these kind of factors to deal with. Right, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So anyway, how about we just be... Um, Let's use our number, our 4% inflation, which is our average lifetime inflation rate for a 45-year-old today. All right. And we'll just use a, a, a flat tax of 30%. Okay. Okay. And the last number we need to know is what your lifestyle, that is the dollars you're going to live on, are going to be in retirement. Okay? Right, right. Well... Now, that's also kind of debatable for a lot of people, but, you know, one thing I do know about retirement is that you get to retirement and it's like you said, you become active. Now, you're not working. Yeah. Right? Or you might be working, but maybe it's just part-time, but you're spending a lot more time doing things. And doing things means lifestyle and, and cost. Lifestyle so, equals cost. So, I, I would expect that retirement, you know... I would need the same lifestyle. I would need something around the same income. Right. And, you know, here's where we get into the discussion and people say, well, first of all, we know we can back out the amount we're saving from our current income. Right, right. Okay. So we back out the income portion that we're actually deferring right now or saving. Right, because that's not going to lifestyle. Because once we're retired, we're not saving anymore. Right. And then secondly, people will say, well, Brian, I, I probably won't have a mortgage at that point because I'm going to pay off my house. So therefore, I I will need less cash flow. Right. Well, that might be true. Right. Well, it's, right. But then again, it's like we were talking about, yeah, maybe I need less cash flow because of that. But what about activity? What about lifestyle? Right. If you're increasing that, wouldn't that probably end up balancing out? Here's the bottom line on life, on current lifestyle and how much you want to spend in retirement. If you could spend more, would you spend more? Well, I think the answer to most people would be yes on that one. <laughs> it's an easy yes, all right? So let's not argue about how little we can spend. Let's see how much we can spend, right? right. Okay. We'll get to the how little in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, do we want For to For better or worse. Yeah. Okay. So in our scenario here... If you're making 200 combined right now with your spouse and you're saving 10% of that, we take the 200 minus taxes at our 30% minus what we're saving, we end up with a lifestyle living on about 126 right now. Okay. okay? That's fair. That's fair. So if you're doing all these things that we just assumed, okay, where do you suppose you end up in retirement? Let's take a quick view quick look at it. You ready for yeah. now? Okay, so it doesn't sound too bad. So how is it? I mean, you're you're saving money, you've yeah. got some savings, it's... you're earning money, and you have you know, reasonable expectations, I would say in terms of rates of return and those things. Okay? Right. right. So, guess what? Over the next 20 years, your $300,000 of savings will turn into just about $2 million. That's pretty good. No. Millionaire, right? Yeah. You're a millionaire. Congratulations. <laughs> Yay. All right. Uh, and you're feeling probably pretty good about that. Yeah. Until I tell you that in order to live like you live today on 126000 
you're going to need, due to inflation, $276,000 on your first year oh. of retirement. Ow, ow. That's just to live like you're living today, not to increase your lifestyle. Right, right. All right? How do you feel about that? Like I was, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right? And as a result of that, and as a result of needing to increase by the rate of inflation how much we spend each year, guess how long your $2 million was going to last? Well, at, at over a quarter million dollars a year, I'm guessing it's not going to last too long. It's only going to last about six years, actually. So by age 70, I'm sorry, but you're broke. <laughs> Great. So at age 70, we're, we're back, to, um, back to working. Age 70, you got to go back to work. And unfortunately, you know, this is the story for many people in America, right? But yeah. if you are 45 or thereabouts and you're listening to this podcast... And you are thinking, geez, I don't even have 300000 saved. And this guy, who's got more money than I have, is running out of money before he's even in his mid-70s. What's going to happen to me? Right? It's a good question. So this is where we're going to get into the discussion of what else can we do. Yeah. I mean, I'm saving, I'm saving money and you know, doing all those things. How can I do better than this? Well, most people would say, hey... The problem must be your rate of return. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Typically, that's, I think, where people tend to go with their thoughts, right? Yeah, and they say, Brian, look, you just said you could get me 6%. Why can't you get me 8 I mean, if I got 8 I'd be golden, right? Sure. And then I look at them and I say, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to argue about that. But let's just do a calculation and show you how much better off you'd be if we could change that from a 6 to an 8 in terms of your rate of return, okay? So I'm just going to put that into my little calculator here. Um, and I'm going to say we're going to get 8% all years, not even just during working years, but also during retirement years. Sure. And I don't know if you can see that, but... would that get us? That got Medicine. us about another three years. About three more years, huh? Three more years. Okay. Three years. How do you feel about that? Um, well, you know, at least I have three more years to enjoy life. <laughs> now you're age 72 then, instead of age 70. Then after, then All at right. age 72, I get to figure out how I'm not going to last. <laughs> okay. So here's an interesting thing, but just to show you how how little effect the rate of return really has on your overall portfolio's success or not success in terms of getting you through retirement. I'm going to do a calculation on what kind of rate of return you would need to not run out of money. Okay. Okay? Yeah, yeah sure. Let's see it. That makes sense? And I'm going to tell you, it's a little rough. It's basically 12% in our scenario here. You'd have to get 12% return Every single year with never a loss. Doesn't that sound a little unrealistic? <laughs> I mean... Well, here's how I like to say it. Bernie Madoff's in jail, and I don't know anybody else promising 12%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So, um, basically what this means is that when we're looking at retirement for, and we want to make our money last longer, really rate of return is a factor, but... 
it's not a big factor. It's just a small. It kind of helps, but it's not. It's not the solution we need. Well, the trouble is right? that, in terms of a solution, if you're looking to a rate of return to solve your retirement dilemma, you got to work some magic. Right. Right. Because that twelve is double what we thought we could earn. Well, right. right? And he, so, and we're not even. Sure, some people are not even sure they can get six, because a lot of people don't. Right. A lot of people don't well, get not, six, let alone twelve. And, and I think the and the real problem here is not whether or not you can get twelve, because yeah, you might get twelve, but it's a fact of every year. Every year, with no loss. That is the problem. Right. There has never been a period of let's say twenty years in the market where you didn't have some zeros in there or some negative years. Right. Okay. Right. And we're saying you can't have that, otherwise your retirement's not going to work. Right. Okay. So, rate of return, <clears throat> it could help, but not enough. Right. All right. That's the bottom line. Right. Now, how about this other solution that a lot of people think is going to get them through retirement, which is? Working, right? Because, you know, we run out of money, we got to go back to work. We get to, Why not just keep working? Working. I'll, I'll just work another five years. So instead of 65, I'll push it to 70, right? Right. Okay. And that gives you longer to save and longer for the money to accumulate. Okay. So let's do the calculation now. All right. I'm going to say we're going to work an extra five years. And as a result of that, how long does the money last? We get a few more years, right? What do we get to? We got to age. 76, it looks like on this. 76. Partial, well, partway through 76. Now, <laughs> now you, you remember, you were working for five years. Right. Working for five years, we got four. Is it four that we got there? You, you, Your retirement basically even, lasted from age 70 to age 76, and then you were out of money. It's not, okay. it's not much of a difference. And you got to remember, we're trying to get at least into the 80s here. Never, let alone 95. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, again, if working longer is your solution, how long would you have to work to not run out of money? You'd have to work into your mid-80s. Oh, 86? 86. Well, I mean, I know that some people are thinking, oh, my God, I could never not work. I'll go crazy if I don't have something to do, right? Right. Warren Buffett might be 86 years old. And right. Well, but he's Warren Buffett's not going to run out of money. <laughs> right. True. True. I, You know, and most people are going to be doing jobs where, like, when they're 80 years old, they're not going to be able to keep the same kind of pace. Maybe not even the same job. Well, the likelihood that you will have the or, facility to work at age 86... Or if you're healthy enough. ...is questionable. Yeah, the facility, the health, uh, everything, right? There's, yeah. there's a lot of factors that come into that. Not everybody is my 104-year-old aunt. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> okay. So, that could be a solution as long as you're healthy and you like to work. Right. But for those of us who would prefer to do other things... <laughs> Or at least have a backup right? plan, right? Yeah. Maybe that's not what we're looking for. Yeah. So then comes the question of another solution that a lot of people's minds goes to, which is, hey, I won't need that much money when right. I get to retirement. I can spend a lot less than I'm spending oh, now. Of course. People think that. You the know, kids will be gone. Kids are gone. The house will be paid for. I can move to a no-tax state. Sure. Like Florida. Right. right? Palm trees. Palm trees, beach sand, yeah. hurricanes, right? <laughs> oranges. <laughs> uh, look, <laughs> it all sounds great. 
Uh, and yes, there are cheaper areas to live than New York or Chicago or San Francisco, right? Right. But uh, let's have a look at that, okay? Yeah. How much less could you spend and still be okay? Okay. Remember, our number was 126. 126,000 I'm living on today. Right. And I'm going to move to Podunk, Texas. And uh, the result is going to be that I only need what? Well, I don't know. 80,000 maybe? 90,000 people? I don't know. Well, let's let's just chop off 26. Let's, let's say chop off tw- okay. you can go to $100,000. I mean, 26,000 is a pretty big redu- reduction that, That's in life. a reduction, right? That's yeah. a couple thousand dollars a month less to live on. Yeah. That's, that's a reduction. Yeah, right. Let's see what that does, okay? I'm going to hit the calculator again. And what that does is, can you see? Yeah, it looks like we got uh, just shy of two years. <laughs> yeah. That was a 20% reduction in lifestyle for only another two years of retirement time. Ouch. Right? Oh, wait a minute. I don't. I, I still don't need that much, okay? I hear people say this to me. Brian, I, I, can, live, I can live on half what I'm living on now. They'll say to me, "Sure, okay. right, right, okay." I'll Let's put take a in. Look at that. All right, I'll I'll bite on that. So seventy five thousand. You're going to live on seventy five thousand. Okay. Okay. How many more years do you get through retirement? Oh, ow. Um, three. Three years, and you've reduced your lifestyle by how much? Well, in, in this example, forty percent. So, again, you know, reducing your lifestyle is that's a hard. That's a hard solution to take. That's tough, right? Right. Because do you really want to live on less? Uh, I, I want to live on more. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what our our listeners are thinking, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the living on less solution... Now, look, just like before, I'm going to say, hey, if that were your solution, how little would you be able to have to live on to make it through to age 95? Okay. Okay. Let's see. Well, unfortunately, you're going to be living on mac and cheese, okay? Oh. Because in our scenario here, to make that $2 million you'd have saved by retirement to last your lifetime, you'd have to reduce your standard of living by 83%. And 83%? Okay. Well, for someone on 126000 that is, you know, that's, like, that's a big pill to swallow. Uh, that, I, I don't think it... It'd be pretty hard. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty impossible. Okay, pretty much. So again, spending less might help, but it's not a solution unto itself. Either, but it's, it's, it? it's not what we want to do. That's for sure. I don't I mean, want to do it. could someone survive on an eighty-three percent reduction potentially with some help from the state or something? But uh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. You don't want to do that. That's okay. not what we're we're looking for. So there's two more potential solutions here that most people are aware of. One is, of course, that rate of inflation we're using. We were using 4%. Right. Well, look, you and I are not the Fed chairman, right? Correct. We don't control the inflation rate. <laughs> there's only one person in the whole country that can affect that. Yeah. And it's not you and I, or most of our listeners, for that matter. If Fed chairman and you're listening, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. But other than you... Uh, we've got to deal with that. So we can't fix that. Could we save more? That's potentially possible. I mean, most people probably think, well, I could do this, I could do that. Could save I could a put away more. a few more bucks, yeah. Okay. So let's let's look at that one briefly here. If you were able to save more, 
right now you're saving 20%. 20 percent. Uh, twenty, you're saving. 10, excuse me, ten percent. Twenty thousand dollars. Um, could you let's let's say fifteen percent? Okay, so we'll put in. You're going to save thirty thousand. Sure. Okay. How many more years of retirement does that get you? Um. So we're looking at in this example. Just a little over two years. Just about two years. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's a f- that's not going to get you there. If you doubled what you're saving now, meaning going from 20000 to 40000 Right. How many years extra of retirement did you get through? We've got one more year there. So now we're at three more years. Exactly. Three more years. So we doubled it. We got three years. Not uh, that's. You'd think that it would be double, but it's not double. Right. You know, right? It, it's not. It's because again, why? Because you need more money every year due to inflation. Right. How much would you have to save in order to not run out of money in retirement and live like you live today? Well, let's find out. <laughs> That's a scary <laughs> thought, right? Right. <laughs> you ready to tighten your belt? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? You'd have to save over two hundred and nine thousand dollars a year. What? We're only making two hundred. <laughs> okay, you see what I mean. <laughs> this is the absurdity of this, right? Okay, that's really not. I'm uh... glad you're laughing, Kevin, because you might be crying if you weren't. How else can you think of this? <laughs> this is why I don't often show people the save more money button. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because it's a little depressing. <laughs> okay. Just a little. Just a little. So. <laughs> I, I, you know, let me just go back here for a second and summarize for people. So we have looked at if you're going to run out of money in retirement, right? Yeah. You think you're a five today on a scale of one to ten, and you might run out of money, like the majority of us out there, right? Mm-hmm. And you think, how am I going to do better? I can look at my rate of return. I can work longer. I could spend less. I can't adjust inflation. Maybe I could save a little more. Independently, none of those is going to probably get you there, right? As we have seen, the most we get is just a few years out of any of those with right. reasonable calculations. Could a combination of all of those make a difference? Well, I would. Yeah, I would think that would make a obviously larger difference. It'll make some difference, right? Right. But what I say uh, is that we need to look at all those areas, but we also need to look at where you could be losing money today, which yeah. is not among the calculations here. Right, right. And again, that's kind of what we're talking about here at, at Wealth Tactic Rebels, right? Because what we're talking about right now, the areas we've looked at so far, have just been where people commonly look for mm-hmm. solutions, right? Yes. So what's what's the thinking differently that strategies that we can look at here? Well, that's a good question. And the answer is we've got to find some money somewhere, right? right. If you're not going to be able to save an awful lot more out of pocket, could we find money, for instance, that's going to Uncle Sam that doesn't have to go to Uncle Sam? Potentially. Okay. Could the way you're financing your house be a, a source of loss for you? Could we do better? Possibly. Possibly, right. Yep. Could yep. the way you're going to send your kids to college possibly do better than that? Meaning you, you could spend less on college. Maybe. Maybe. Right? right. Yep. And uh, the way you're financing your lifestyle. Sure. Could we do better in that area? Right. Potentially, right? We have to look at all of these things and we have to say, all right, when we look at the full strategy across all of these, now maybe we're going to come up with 
a way to get you to retirement and be able to stay retired right. with the lifestyle you appreciate. Preferably, because I, I personally don't want to have to learn, you know, welcome to Walmart in retirement. <laughs> no offense people at Walmart. No but, offense, but you know, I you know, you don't be, have to go back to anything like I that. might like to just be home or sitting in my beach chair, right? Right. <laughs> so um if that's the case, then what we suggest is that you know, find somebody to work with to become as efficient as possible, to eliminate yeah. as many transfers or losses in your cash flow model as possible. Right. And, and we do talk about some of these in, mm-hmm. in our other episodes as well. This is um, these are the things that we're, we we're going dis- to we have and will continue to discuss to help to help you, our listeners, out uh, in trying to find ways to think differently about your wealth and the tactics of how you manage it. Yes, and here's the other thing: is that you know what the whole point of this discussion is, is that under reasonably good conditions, most people. I say most because I do mean most are going to run out of money in retirement if they're not careful. Right. 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 And so the longer you've got to plan for that, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And you need a strategy that's going to be different than what most people are thinking. Right. Because as we saw, those solutions in and of themselves aren't all that effective. Right. Yeah. And if you happen to be one of the lucky people or fortunate people that is not going to run out of money and you know it. Right. Then you've got a different set of issues, don't you? Right, of course. They have enough money, so their issues are going to be something more like what? Taxes, right? Taxes, because if you're earning money, you're going to have to pay Uncle Sam. And could you, while you're earning that money, could you be losing it in unnecessarily risky investments, for instance? Sure. Right? So how do you maintain that and grow it at a rate that's reasonable and avoid unnecessary taxes that's the person who's for sure not going to run out of money and we spent a lot of time in other episodes talking about those areas yeah yeah it might also you know people in that kind of position might also want to leave some sort of legacy right they want they want to preserve their money am i correct that's another issue that we want to for sure talk about in another episode and that is if you're not going to run out of money in retirement what do you wish to do with that money? How do you wish to pass it on as effectively as possible yeah. to whomever or whatever organization you right. choose? Right. So it's a matter of, of, of preservation for them. That's another discussion. Yeah. yeah. But again, back to where we were today in terms of are you ready for retirement? I hate to say it. Many people out there listening, not ready. Yeah. What can they do about it? Start working on it today. Right. That's the good news, right? They, they, I mean, they can. They, they do have, there are things they can do. That's the good news. Look, every day I work with people to bring them from the scenario that we just went through today to a scenario where, in fact, they know they're not going to run out of money in retirement. Yeah. Well, that's comforting to hear. <laughs> so in conclusion of our discussion today of whether or not you are ready for retirement, um, We have looked at the many factors that you need to consider. It's not as simple as just thinking about, hey, how much money am I saving, right? And then uh, once you've put all those factors in, we have typical solutions of what people look at. Uh, And we have shown that those typical solutions don't last very long in and of themselves. So uh, there's other factors that we need to consider. 
Uh, and those tactics that we can look at are things that we oftentimes promote here with Wealth Tactic Rebels, which is thinking differently. And um, we're going to discuss all those thinking differently in multiple episodes that we have had and will have. And um, so we want to thank you for joining us today with these discussions. And um, if you want to look at any numbers for what we've gone over, we're going to have those numbers, uh, some screenshots on our WealthTacticRebels.com webpage with the Are You Ready for Retirement episode on uh, on the notes show notes page there. And uh, while you're there, you can also go to the WealthTacticRebels.com website and download our free guide to the three key areas that you could be losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily. And I want to thank you again for listening with, to us today, uh, Wealth Tactic Rebels, and thank you, Brian, for helping us out again today. My pleasure, Kevin. And uh, Wealth Tactic Rebels, we'll talk to you soon. Have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes, and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. Information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.